if you're going to put something expensive on your skin, if you're going to use a really beautiful technology, a serum or a moisturizer is a great, great place to do it, as opposed to a cleanser. And expensive cleansers are great too, but you wash them off. Hello and welcome back to Beauty Island, the beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I am your host, beauty journalist, Brittany Stewart. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them. The ones they take to a desert island, aka beauty island, that I am sending them off to. Maybe it's the beauty product that defined their teens, the one they grew up watching their mum or grandma use or the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. Today, my guest is Alexis Teasdale, former beauty director of Cosmopolitan, editor of Cosmo Bride, and founder of The Festive Co., a styling service, party, and all-round bonanza source of inspiration. And... I'll admit, this intro has actually taken me far longer than it should have because I got lost down the rabbit hole on their website looking at all the pictures of the events they have done. May I recommend you start with Lex's own wedding, which I will link in the show notes for your pleasure. This episode was particularly special because if you've listened to Beauty Island before, you might have heard her name already mentioned by previous guest Amy Starr as they are former colleagues and in real life best friends. It was really a demonstration of connection and proof that you should be nice to everyone you cross paths with, because in this episode we also link back to other Beauty Island guests, including Sarah Tarka and Lisa Patulny. So if you are wanting to listen to more episodes after this one, I highly recommend those ones, and I will link those in the show notes too. Anyway, we talk about how a book-obsessed girl from Adelaide landed at some of Australia's most iconic magazines, including Dolly, Cosmopolitan and InStyle, going into labour while getting eyelash extensions, yes, really, and some brilliant party tips, and of course, the dry shampoo she swears by as a mum of three. As always, if you enjoy listening to Beauty Island, please subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you are on Instagram, take a screenshot and share it on your story so I can see where you're listening from. Just tag me at Beauty Island Podcast. Now over to Alexis. Enjoy. Alexis, welcome to Beauty Island. I am very excited to have you on the phone over from Adelaide to chat all about your memories of beauty. So I guess the first place to start would be Do you remember what your first memory or interaction with beauty was? Look, I think my first memory uh, is probably to do with ballet. So I did um, dancing as a child and it was kind of like competitive dancing. So you did lots of exams and concerts and there was a lot of costumes and makeup and it's nothing like dance mums, I swear. (laughs) I absolutely loved it. It was not like that, but... I did sleep in curlers the night before those concerts and there were these little foam ones that sort of snapped together and they were actually quite comfortable to sleep on. And so I think that's probably one of my first memories and the smell of hairspray. I, to this day, absolutely love it. 
I call it Taft, but I think it's actually Taft, but in Adelaide, everything's the R sound, so I call it Taft, <laughs> but I still love the smell of that hairspray, and I think that's probably, I mean, it's no wonder that I love sequins and makeup, honestly. <laughs> it explains a lot. <laughs> And I do think it's interesting, particularly because we've had a few beauty islanders who did do dance quite early. And that's really kind of the best introduction and the earliest introduction to beauty because you are doing makeup, doing your hair for shows and things like that. Yeah, that's right. And and I mean, when I think about it now, it sounds kind of a little bit strange that you would be wearing makeup at that age. But obviously, it's just it's not like the kind of makeup you wear going out or anything like that. It's like sparkles and glitter um, spray in your hair and things like that and yeah I think that's probably where it all began. So the first product on your list is the one you kind of grew up seeing someone in your life apply which is a beautiful one which is Chanel number five can you tell me about that? Yes so my mum wears Chanel number five and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that Um, I'm sure a lot of people know someone that wears Chanel number five to me it smells like hugs and comfort and home and everyone knows that my mum wears it she's really well known for it my dad actually bought it for her as one of her first gifts they started dating when they were really young in their teens and she still gets these big bumper packs of Chanel number five every Christmas and I managed to snafu some of the things every Christmas I love it and I actually use the the bath wash and the hair mist is a great way to get just a tiny little hint of that scent um the actual scent itself she uses the parfum is a little bit heavy for me but it's just such a beautiful scent. She actually has keys to my house, so she'll often drop around with milk or bread, and if I'm not here, when I get home, I can smell that she's been in the house because I can smell Chanel number five wafting around. Oh, that's It's really lovely. beautiful, and, yeah, it's, it's a very special, a very special um, scent to me. And I think that's actually a great tip as well with fragrance. I feel like sometimes you get those gift sets that has the perfume and the body cream or whatever, and you kind of just go straight to the perfume but those other scented products sometimes are even better at keeping the scent on your body for longer than the the actual scent I find sometimes absolutely it's about layering but for some reason I find the um hair mist almost smells quite different to the regular scent probably because it's so much lighter but I also love Eau Premier, which is a slightly different version of number five and I wore that at my wedding day I, I love that fragrance Yeah, so I think layering scent is really beautiful and there's so many different ways to wear it. It's not just about, you know, spraying it on your wrist. Now, you grew up in Adelaide. What was the younger or the teenage Alexis like? What was she like? Oh, my goodness. Well, she wore tensile jeans and (laughs) (laughs) she wore like a velour, a spring um, jumper and, you know, Teenage Lex, she, I wrote in journals. I just loved writing. Uh, words were always a big part of my life, I guess, before I even knew that, that they were, if that makes sense. Oh, man, was I a bookworm. Oh, I, I, and I still am. I read so many books. I just always had my head in a book. And I loved magazines. And, you know, it's so funny looking back at that. And so much of what I was going to do was there in me and I just didn't know. Um, and also obviously just loved my friends and had the most beautiful friends. And, um, we spent so much time together and, oh, the makeup we used to try and apply for our school discos, honestly. (laughs) Um, you know, I think that's, that probably encapsulates me. And speaking of the second product on your list is the first product you remember buying yourself, which you've put down as the Poppy King Shine Gloss. So tell me about your memories of that. 
I love that product so much. I remember exactly where I was when I bought it. It was a, it was a chemist, and it's actually around the corner from where I live now. <laughs> and I spotted it. And you know, it's around about that age where you sort of start to carry money. You don't really have money before that. But I, I feel like I was on my own when I saw it and I bought it. And I bought the clear one. So for people, hopefully people out there remember it. It's not just me, but it was such an iconic product, this clear pot of clear gloss it came in a bright red as well and I feel like there was another color at some point but this clear it was very thick almost like lacquery and it smelt amazing and it had this most incredible marketing visual um, it was an illustration of a girl she sort of had reddish hair and big aviator glasses and she was wearing a nameplate necklace that said shine and I'm pretty sure this was before nameplate necklaces came back from Sex in the City. This would have been before that. And I just thought, that is cool. And by the time I tried it, I was so in love. And it wasn't long before everyone I knew used that gloss. It was just such a cool product. And on, I wish, I wish I could get my hands on it now and smell it. It was definitely, definitely the first one I remember actually buying with my own money. And you talked about, obviously, a love for books and magazines from an early age. But at what point did the idea that it could kind of be your career kind of come from? Oh, my goodness, not until much, much later. That actually came to me in a random flash of inspiration. So my dad just started university and I was doing a Bachelor of Media at Adelaide Uni and we were doing a class on magazines and we were talking about covers and where cover lines go and things like that. Meanwhile, I was reading a book called Pants on Fire by Maggie Alderson, who's a really famous journalist. She lives in Australia. She's actually English and she'd written this book about English journalist who moves to Australia to work at a magazine. And from memory, she worked at Clio. And so I guess the book is loosely based on her time there. It is the best book. It is one of my all-time favourites. So I was reading that book. We were studying magazines at uni and this was in the first year. And my dad at the same time was sort of saying to me, hey, what do you think you're going to do? What kind of career do you think you're going to have? And he'd talked to me about it before and I didn't have an answer. And I guess it was just top of mind. And I said, I think I'm going to work in magazines, just like that. I really had made it up. <laughs> and he was like, that's great. What a great idea. That's a good use of your skill set. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to actually <laughs> try and make this happen because I've gone and said it. And that, that's how it all began. I looked for work experience and I managed to get it and it all just snowballed from there. And I... This is a bit of a personal story, but I loved because I read your great interview that you did with The Cool Career where you talked about the Maggie Alderson book and my career actually started with Maggie Alderson as well. Um, oh, truly? Yeah, so I, uh, when I was at uni, I worked at a bookshop and she launched one of her books at the bookshop. So I was working that night, first year journalism student, very nervous, put up my hand to ask a question about, you know, the best way to get experience or to launch a career. And there was an editor in the audience from an online magazine that ended up coming up to me after, after and offering me an internship. So I always connect kind of my, oh my love with, it with that as well. <laughs> we need to start the Maggie Alderson fan club. <laughs> she actually replied to something I wrote on Instagram recently uh, on someone else's account. And I was fangirling. I was like, Maggie Alderson has seen my comment on Instagram. Amazing. <laughs> That's can, wonderful. I love that. Maybe we need to send her some thank you cards. Yeah. We probably should. We probably should. So you mentioned, obviously, that you scored an internship and it was at Cosmopolitan. And I think, interestingly, 
it was Sarah Tarker who you emailed, who has also been on Beauty Island, which is a really lovely connection. Um, So you went to Sydney, you did the internship, and then it sounds like you managed to land a position quite quickly after that. What was that kind of whirlwind? Did you move straight away to Sydney? And what was that early, those early years at Cosmo and obviously living in Sydney like? Yes. Well, it all actually happened within about a week and a half. So I had gone on the Cosmo website after I'd talked to Dad and had my, you know, brainwave. And on the Cosmo website at the time, there was this little scrolling interview with all the different staff. And I already knew who all the staff were because I loved Cosmo. I had, you know, stalked them all through the magazine. And the interview was with Sarah Tarka, and she's from Adelaide. She was a couple of years older than me, and she said something in the interview along the lines of, you know, girls from Adelaide shouldn't feel like they can't get jobs in magazines, the sky's the limit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's me. She's talking (laughs) to me. And so I emailed her generic Cosmo email address. I thought I was emailing her directly, but I wasn't. And Luckily, she saw it and she got straight back to me and was so amazing and supportive and she got me um, a week of work experience, but it was probably about six months later. It was a long time to wait. And by the time I got there, she'd been promoted and there was another girl on the front desk called Emma Vigian. And um, I just was so excited. I wore the brightest clothes I could think of. I made handbags because I thought anything that I could do to stand out. Wow, that's so impressive. Week, oh my God, it was hysterical. They, they had sequins and badges all over them. Anyway, Sarah and Emma were just so, so kind. And um, a job came up in the Cosmo Extensions Department, which was doing Cosmo Bride, Cosmo Hair and Beauty and Cosmo Pregnancy. They don't I think they'd done one issue of each. And they needed to sort of fully staff this department because they wanted to, to make it a proper a proper department and they said oh we've got this girl on work experience she could be the editorial coordinator and it was basically as simple as that I, I spoke to the editor of that department and I was kind of offered the job on work experience so I called mum and dad and said oh my gosh you're not you're not going to believe this and they were amazing and I had an aunt and uncle that lived in Sydney and, and two cousins and that was it and so I flew home for the weekend, I packed a suitcase and flew back. Wow. And sounds like I live. I know it was crazy. <laughs> now, before we move away from your teenage years, I do want to talk about the third product on your list, which is the one that defined that time for you, which is Revlon Skin Lights. Tell me about that. Oh, Revlon Skin Lights. What a product. I think that if I was to think of my absolute favourite products of all time, that would be in it. It was the first time I'd ever used an illuminator. I didn't even really know about them before I'd used Skin Lights. And this is Revlon Skin Lights, the original. So they actually did bring it back around 2013-ish. And I feel like it was slightly different. But the original one was sort of in this round tube with a pump on the end. And it came in maybe only a few shades. Peach White was the one that I loved the most. Um, I have really dry skin. So my whole life, all I'm trying to do is add moisture and make it look dewy when it is quite dry so this was the first time I found a makeup product that made my skin look alive and bright and I guess obviously we're talking I had come out of the 90s and the 90s are very matte type which did not suit me because I'm so dry so it was like going into the early 2000s with this dewy skin and I've written about it so many times over the years I always described it as fairy lights to your face it's like this sort of twinkling lit up look 
And I mean, I swear I must have acquired that every day for as long as those products existed until they went off market. Um, I just absolutely adored it. And what's the equivalent that you use and love today? Oh, I use Max Strobe Cream now, um, yeah. which is which is such a beautiful product. And um, actually, I use sometimes I just pump it into my foundation. Or today I was quite desperate. I was in the car and my skin was so dry, so I just applied it like a moisturizer. <laughs> I think you can never have too much of it. But yeah, that's what I use today. Now, after Cosmopolitan, you went on to be beauty editor of Dolly magazine, which is, you know, such an iconic Australian teen magazine. What was the best part of that job? Absolutely everything about it. It was just the most amazing job. I had the most amazing editor in Bronwyn McCann. I can still remember the moment or the time that she called me to tell me I had that role. Honestly, I can I can still feel the excitement in my body. It was just the most amazing experience. Um, I didn't really, I I loved the idea of being a beauty editor, but it just never occurred to me that I could be one and certainly not that young. So I was, I was young. I must've only been 21 or maybe 22, I think 21. And um, that was such an incredible team. It was such a fun team and such a fun time. So Dolly, it was obviously so beloved and we spent a lot of time with our readers and I did a lot of presenting at events and I did a lot of events with teens and you know teens just loved Dolly and girlfriend also just like I had Dolly was a huge 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 part of my teens I can still remember you know waiting for whatever day it was I think it was a Wednesday for Dolly to come out of the news agent and rushing off after school to get it and you know that was back obviously before celebrities were on it and by the time I worked there celebrities were on the cover so it was just a really fun time plus actually I think if I was to say my favorite thing about it was that it was just me in beauty I didn't need a whole department it was just myself and I think in the end I was beauty and health editor but it was the most amazing playground so the best way to learn everything I did was on my own so say with beauty shoots and learning to swatch products I was just in the photographic studio with the photographer learning um there was no one watching me fail so I would have failed at a million things but that's just how I learned and I was thrown in the deep end so many times especially with things like live tv and um there was one time that I don't know if you remember video hits but (laughs) video hits was obviously so cool then and there was a host called Axel Whitehead and um, I learned very quickly that I always had to have my hair and makeup done and heels on at Dolly because you just never knew what was going to happen. Bron just came over with Axel Whitehead and a crew and said, oh, Axel's here to do some filming um, for video hits. He just wants to do a segment where you, like, apply mascara on him and then they're going to cut to a video. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. And so we did it and I still have that on VHS somewhere. Just funny things like that. It was just the most amazing time. The things you can't prepare for at all. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I mean, could you imagine? Never in a million years could I have imagined that I would be doing things like that. And had Bron had told me beforehand that I was going to, I would have been so nervous and anxious. So, you know, in some ways, that was the best way to do it, just on the fly. The fourth product on your list is the one that has a special, particularly special memory for you, which is the Body Shop Fuzzy Peach. What is it and what's the story behind it? 
Oh my gosh, I'm really throwing back on it. I wonder if everyone knows the product I'm talking about. But Fuzzy Peach was the most amazing, iconic uh, fragrance from the body shop. And it came in all the different things, so the body wash and the bath salts and bath pearls. So I am deeply obsessed with having a bath. I love the bath. I would have a bath every single night if I had enough time, which when I'm pregnant, I, I have had that many baths. But um, I love the bath pearls. So do you remember bath pearls? Did you ever have them? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. You know, those little pearls with the oil inside and they're kind of gel-like and you wait for them to kind of disintegrate and then the, the oil spills out. And Fuzzy Peach was the most joyful, bright, happy scent. Um, and I would have happily just doused myself in it all the time and funnily enough speaking of products oh my gosh I'm talking about all these products that have been discontinued but they actually did bring back Fuzzy Beach for a little while um, and I was looking online and I was thinking about this product there's a Facebook group with 300 people in it saying bring back Fuzzy Peach. Love it. The power of the people. <laughs> Love it. So I know there are other Fuzzy Peach lovers out there but yeah that definitely that scent holds a memory for me. Now after Cosmo and Dolly you were also on the launch team of um, the Australian version of Glamour that was meant yes. to launch that didn't end up launching. Yes. Um, and I think everyone, particularly who works in media, has, has had those experiences where you're kind of prepping for this amazing product and one day someone makes the decision and it means that it doesn't happen or go to print. W- what did you take away from that experience that kind of for your, for your career and your attitude to work? Because sometimes... And, there's a lot of talk at the moment about not that it's necessarily a failure obviously but when things don't go your way sometimes you learn a lot more from it than the things that do kind of go easily yes yes absolutely I think if I've learned anything over the years it's that nothing is ever a full stop you know there's always something else that is going to happen and sometimes you know, bad things happen and there's just, you feel like there's no silver lining. And certainly there really, really there, there isn't a huge silver lining to being made redundant, except that I actually did, I flew straight overseas with my housemate. You know, we had a really great time. So I think what I learned from it was that my career wasn't going to end just because that one job didn't happen. I was very shocked by it, mostly because I'd actually been hired, along with Sigourney, who I know you've spoken to as well, we were hired first on the team and a long time before the team was actually completed. So I feel like we probably worked in it maybe eight months, six to eight months. It was quite a long time and um, some team members were hired sort of right towards the end there. But we certainly worked on it for a while and absolutely loved what we were doing and I had sort of done quite a few interviews for the role and so it took so long to get it and then to finally be able to tell people I've got it and then to get there and then for it to end was really really sad and I actually have referenced that redundancy quite a few times in my career with other people with younger staff members explaining to them that wow that was such an exciting thing I wanted it so badly when it didn't work out it didn't mean that my career ended I went on to do other things and amazing things like working at Shop Till You Drop and InStyle and really other exciting great roles that I learned so much from. So I think that's all you can do is just keep moving forward and never feel stuck in one place. Brilliant advice there and as you mentioned obviously yes you went on to some incredible roles at InStyle, Shop Till You Drop and then back to Cosmopolitan. What was it like kind of returning to the place where it all started? 
amazing. It was so amazing. And I came back to Bron, who had been my editor at Dolly. And um, again, Cosmo was known as the Disneyland of magazines. That's what they called it in the building because it was just such a fun title to work on. Um, The team really got along so, so well. And we were just doing really fun executions. The Cosmo Reader is, you know, such a cool girl. It was just a really amazing place to work and uh, it was full circle for me because I'd started on the front desk of Cosmo Bride and then come back to be the editor of it. So it was, oh, it was really a special time in my career for sure. And obviously in those positions, and particularly as the beauty editor, you're meeting a lot of celebrities and public figures. What's kind of the, the pinch me moment or the, the story that you remember from, from any of those those titles? Oh, that's a good call. Oh, there's been quite a few. I think there's been some celebrities that I've sort of met but not interviewed and some that I've interviewed, but I did I was flown over to New York for the launch of Fenty by Rihanna, which was oh, wow. pretty amazing. Um, that was just an incredible launch and it's just a very cool uh, thing to be part of. And I think people don't realise that she's actually a makeup artist. She's sort of skilled in makeup. And I think that really shows in that, in those products, which I absolutely adore, actually. And also, Kylie launched a fragrance right after she'd sort of gone into remission, I believe, from cancer. And so it was the, the concert had sort of come back on. So actually Sarah Tarker, Sarah Tarker and I had purchased tickets to this concert and then they put the concert on hold because she was going to have treatment and they'd said, keep your ticket. So your ticket will be the exact same seat whenever the concert comes back. And we went, okay, cool, no worries. And then she actually launched a fragrance right before that concert. So she came to Australia, uh, obviously, for the concert, I met her at the function, at the fragrance function, and then got to see the concert, and that was just a pinch-me moment because I'm a huge Kylie fan. So, you know, there's, there's lots of little moments like that, um, lots of interviews I've done that have gone, you know, well and not so well and, you know, all those things, but they are um, – that's a really exciting part of the job, definitely. The fifth product on your list is the one that you always repurchase, which for you is the Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair, which is a bit of a a cult iconic product. What keeps you coming back to it time and time again? The funny thing about beauty products is it's not one size fits all. So there are some products that really, really will suit you and your skin and your colouring and and some that won't. For me, Estee Lauder A&R, it's like my dream product. My skin absolutely loves it. And I'm always I'm always trying to push it on everyone else because I think it's such a miracle worker. Um, and I know a lot of people that absolutely adore it too. It just really, really suits my dry skin. Obviously, it's amazing for anti-aging. So as I'm getting older, I'm loving it even more, if you can believe it, because I really do love it. It's a really beautiful, fine serum, and and serums are a great place to spend money if you have money to spend. So it is quite expensive. So I don't buy it all the time over and over, but I I do as much as I can. And um, that's because if you're going to put something expensive on your skin, if you're going to use a really beautiful technology, a serum or a moisturizer is a great, great place to do it as opposed to a cleanser. And expensive cleansers are great too, but you wash them off. So it's something that's going to sit on your skin and something you're going to layer and lock in that product with is a, is a really good idea. So that is something that I'm always happy to, to spend money on. And that's such a great tip as well, because I know 
one question I have myself and I always get asked is, you know, which are the things to spend the money on mm-hmm. and which are the yeah. ones to save? And you, when you say it, it's so obvious. Cleanse, your money is literally going down the sink with things like cleansers that are on your face <laughs> right, for a yeah. few seconds. So exactly. excellent, excellent recommendation there. Let's talk weddings because obviously, as well as having your own, you were also the managing editor of Cosmo <laughs> Bride. Yes. Having literally written about all the different aspects of weddings, what do you think is the the essence that makes a wedding great? Oh my goodness, well love. Love is absolutely the key to it. And I think that, you know, the, the most amazing and enjoyable weddings I've been to have been the ones that are just absolutely full of love. And I think, you know, weddings are so different now to how they've been in the past. Weddings are very much like events now, as opposed to maybe years gone by when they were smaller and more low key. But I'm Greek, so I go to a lot of big weddings. And um, I just love everything about weddings. I absolutely do. But I think if for people that are planning their wedding, it's always nice to really think about touches of your personality and your partner's personality. I love, you know, when you go to a wedding and the speeches really reflect the couple and, you know, funny little things like say the cake is an apple pie because it's someone's favourite cake or it's someone's grandma's recipe, you know, all those little things. And I love weddings that have culture as a part of them and please don't get me started on weddings I could go on all night long <laughs> and I think that's the thing that you mentioned obviously weddings have become a lot of a bigger event over the past few years but also I think maybe people have, have become much more inclined to break the so-called rules of wedding and like you said have those personalized touches that speak to the couple who are getting married which is really lovely definitely and you know I think we've got media to sort of thank for that and maybe social media social media is a funny thing with weddings because it can stress you out on one hand because there are so many ideas i mean pinterest hello um but also it gives you an insight into the things that you can do that maybe you never thought of because you thought oh a wedding is this this and this and then you sort of see all these amazing ideas like i'm sure you've seen someone years ago had their two grandmothers as the flower girls <laughs> that were like throwing rose petals down the aisle that's beautiful and that idea went quite viral you know that is like turning something on its head how fabulous to have a grandma as a flower girl I just love it and um, I think that you know social media would have spread that idea far and wide and people would have gone oh I love it maybe I'll maybe I'll ask Nan if she wants to do that <laughs> and obviously you would have cover many weddings spoken to all the different people that make all the aspects of a wedding happen what's kind of the best tip or thing or break on tradition that you've kind of seen that's really stuck with you apart from obviously the flower girl nans i am reluctant to say it's traditional that the bride doesn't speak but i think a lot of brides don't speak and in the past they probably didn't but i love when a bride speaks um i also speaking of beauty i am always telling brides Wear your hair however like it best. Don't go and do some epic updo if that isn't your favourite style, if that doesn't make your heart sing. So I never wear my hair up, so I didn't wear my hair up at my wedding. I wore my hair basically how I always wear it, but with a veil in it. So I think you don't want to look back and think, why on earth did I think that 
you know, slick back hair was the best idea when you never wear it like that anyway. So I do, I do often say that. Plus, I say, if you're having a wedding in heat, like I did, make sure you have a mini can of dry shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> I got married in 36 degree heat. It was very hot. Oh, gosh. And then I suppose when you're doing things like taking into account the weather and heat, even that on like your your wedding day makeup as well makes such a difference. And Oh, definitely. Another thing to contend with. Um, but speaking of hair, the sixth product on your list is... The one that gives you your signature look or your confidence boost and the tool that you love is your hair curler. So tell me about that. Yes, I think anyone that knows me uh, knows my deep, deep love of a hair curler and all the beautiful women that have worked in my beauty department will have gotten so many text messages from me saying, can you just check if I've turned the tongue off? (laughs) You know what? I think like we talked about earlier, it goes all the way back to that curly hair as a little girl doing those ballet concerts. I love wearing my hair curly. My hair is naturally curly, but obviously it's quite frizzy as all curly hair girls will tell you. It never dries the way you want it to. So I I learned in the early beauty edit days how to curl my hair with a hot tongue and one with a clamp, and I could do it so fast. You should have seen me go. At Dolly, I actually had a desk that sort of had a partition so that the rest of the office couldn't see it, and I had a sign that said Salon Deluxe, and every Friday (laughs) afternoon, people would come and get their hair tongued before we would go out, even bronze. And I had so much fun doing it. So I I really stuck to that curler with a clamp for a long, long time until probably a couple of years ago when I discovered the dry bar curler. I'm going to say it's a conical, but it's not really because it, the taper is very, very subtle. It is just the most amazing one that I've used. I can curl my hair so fast with it. Um, obviously, I'm very, very time poor now um, with three little children. So if I'm going to have time to, to curl my hair, I need to do it fast. And I just think that is a really great product. So I, I do use that a lot. And I'm really interested as well as a hair curling expert that you go for the hair curlers because I feel like people are always talking about how great it is to curl your hair with a straightener. But I have never, ever, no matter how many times I've been shown how to do it, been able to do it with a straightener listen I am very much the same if I had to so say everything in my um, bathroom broke if I couldn't possibly use a curler I could use a straightener if I really had to but for me just the um, movement of it didn't feel natural especially because I was so used to using a curler so um, there was definitely a stage where everyone was curling with a straightener but me I think in the entire world and I used to just fly that curler flag and yeah I never quite got the hang of it the way everybody else did. Last year you made the change to swap Sydney back for Adelaide, step away a little bit from magazines and do more of your brilliant company The Festive Co which we will talk about We've been talking about parties, but we'll talk a bit more about that in a second. How has this new career and, I guess, life chapter been? It has been amazing. So I I was never sure if I would move back. And when my husband and I made this decision to, it felt like a, a really good time to do it. And I think a part of me always sort of wondered, would I feel ready to move back? And then when the time came, I felt so ready and so excited about it. And it has been such a brilliant year here. We've just come through one whole year. And I was worried about freelancing and and working on my own business because I'm a real people person. I love to talk. I don't know if you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love to talk and I love being in a bustling office full of people and um, things happening. And so I was a little bit worried would I be lonely working by myself, but it has been amazing. And it's actually been really fun working on lots of different things as opposed to just that one brand. And in some ways, that's really pushed me out of my comfort zone, accepting jobs that I was thinking, oh my gosh, I mean, can I do that? And then you do it and you go, wow, yes, I can. <laughs> and, and I haven't felt like that in a long time because I'd worked on Brad for so long. I was so confident in it. Um, it was actually a really nice experience to sort of be pushed back out of my comfort zone. And speaking, obviously, about the Festive Co, I think it is a non-negotiable that and anyone who knows you would say that you are a party planning and hosting <laughs> genius, wizard maybe. Thank you. Um, and I know that even following you and, and other people on social, I've seen so many bridal showers and baby showers and weddings. And just if there's a thoughtful or interesting detail, I feel like it's come from you in those things. <laughs> and you even had your son Gabe's birthday party over the weekend, which looked like uh, a little boy's dream. Um, car, oh my gosh. car themed I think <laughs> <did> have fun. <laughs> um, which I'm sure you will share about on the Festive Co for people if we've piqued your interest in what happened but where does this love of throwing parties and celebration come from? That's definitely from my mum so uh, as a child we had such fun birthday parties I think I mentioned earlier that I'm Greek I'm half Greek so my dad is Greek Cypriot and that means we have a big family lots of cousins and so our birthday parties always had lots of children and um, lots of children of different ages and my mum used to have these party boxes so each child would have a box with you know a, a fruit drink and um, a sandwich and lollies and and I just for some reason those boxes really stand out in my memory but they also always had a theme and a costume so my favorite my absolute favorite and I hope I can find a photo to put on Instagram so people can understand what I'm talking about was an Australian themed birthday and I must have been about seven and my mom is amazing at throwing parties and my dad is very very crafty and he made me into a giant jar of Vegemite <laughs> and to this day I mean I have worn a lot of costumes in my life that is still my number one um, and we just yeah had these amazing joyful parties as children and I love that I can give that to my children and um, I'm very passionate about children um, who aren't as fortunate being able to have parties like that as well and that's something that I really hope that I can do something with with the Festive Co because you know birthdays are so special and um, all children really deserve to feel that joy I think. What a brilliant idea I can't wait to see where you go with that and obviously with Christmas coming up a lot of people might be thinking about hosting and things like that what is your tip for doing that extra not extra but something a little different or uh, a good idea that you've really liked for Christmas yes oh man you can imagine that I love Christmas <laughs> I <laughs> is the tree up already no it's not actually but um because you're gonna get a fresh one and if you get a fresh one you can't yeah. do it too early but I do actually have I'm in my studio at the moment and I have a pink Christmas tree for the Festive Co studio and it's in the corner ready to be decorated so we're getting close to to the tree here <laughs> But I think in terms of tips for hosting Christmas, I have so many. But if we're going to narrow it down to, to decorating, I think 
a really nice touch is when you do a Christmas table to have something interesting as the, the name placement, I guess, if you would call, call it that. And for one of the Cosmo Christmas parties, myself and Casty Lone, who is also uh, incredibly clever at styling and, and crafty things, we made Christmas baubles. I think we've got Christmas baubles in different shapes, clear ones like stars and things like that. And we printed out everyone's headshots and put them inside the bauble with sequins on the other side. And it was just a really cute way of having a name card without actually having their names on it. And then it's an extra little gift as well, like it's two in one. That's right, and it's just a bit fun and, you know, it's, it's nice to sit down at a celebration and see something that you haven't seen before. The seventh product on your list is the one or two that you would trust with your life, which are the Avene Tolerance Cream and Dry Shampoo. And you did mention, touched on dry shampoo before in your emergency kit. So what is it about these two that make them so great? Yes, and I'm going to be really cheeky and sneak a third in too. I know that's that naughty, is, that, but... That is allowed. I will allow it. <laughs> Thank you. So, Aven, it, wow, I just love that brand. It is amazing for sensitive skin and I think amazing for dry skin, which obviously I have. So, the Tolerance Cream is a very, very rich cream for dry skin. And when I have been pregnant with all three children, my skin gets even more parched than normal. And so, I always have that on hand. I feel like I saw a documentary about that brand years and years ago when I was quite young and it was about the thermal water in France and the healing properties it has for people with really serious skin conditions. And I think that's probably the first sort of time that I would have ever discovered it and tried it. They actually also have great products for for oily skin and and, uh, acne, which I did used to write about a little bit at Dolly also. So I think that's just a sort of a brand that, you know, really – really um, suited me well and and one that I've used for a long time and then in terms of dry shampoo when you have three kids you definitely use a lot of dry (laughs) shampoo and um, I actually always have used a lot because uh, I feel like I've got quite oily hair I have a lot of hair and in order to wash it and dry it and possibly curl it that takes a long time it actually takes a long time just to brush my hair so Dry shampoo saves me so much time and I have used every single brand I think there is on the market. And you know what? They're all really amazing. I have so many different kinds. I actually tried one not that long ago that I hadn't tried before, which was R&Co, and it's a pump instead of a aerosol. And it smells so beautiful. I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, as I said, I use Clorone and um, Batiste and and lots of different kinds. But I am going to be cheeky and throw another product in there because it seems crazy not to mention it. And it's one you've definitely heard of before on here, Lanolips. Yep. Um, (laughs) It is just, I mean, it's actually verging on hysterical how many tubes I have and where they are. So obviously there's one in the car glove box one in my beauty bag and I found one in the cutlery drawer the other day so <laughs> <laughs> it just lives everywhere it's such an amazing universal product and 101 is my my absolute favorite because I can use it on my cuticles and, and all sorts of things and I use it on the kids too so um, that's definitely one I trust with my life true multi-purpose absolutely now I wanted to quickly talk about friendships and particularly female friendships because obviously I have spoken to one of your besties Amy Starr before who uh, waxed lyrical about you as as all your (laughs) friends do but particularly because I think it's it's something that people are talking a lot 
more about now, particularly female friendships being, you know, one of the most important relationships in our lives. And particularly because it really breaks the stereotype when it comes to what people might think about working in beauty and fashion is that everyone is at each other's throats. Whereas definitely what I've found and talking to other people is it's particularly in Australia, the beauty community is completely the opposite with all the editors being friends. And I mean, even the people that you've spoken about before working at different magazines and things like that hasn't affected friendships or anything. What do you think? Yes. Is, is that how you feel that they are? These are some of the most important relationships? million percent, yes. I, I absolutely think it is one of the most important relationships that you can have. There's such a beautiful movement, re, um, women supporting women at the moment, but I've been lucky that I've had friends supporting me and, and myself supporting them for many years, and I can't tell you how grateful I am for those women Um that I met in magazines and especially the girls that I met through beauty. I think all you'd have to do is, is look on our, all of our social media because you can see each other <laughs> all over them. Sarah Tucker actually posted a photo today from Amy Starr's wedding of uh, myself and Lee Campbell and Alex Noonan and um, we were all together and it was just a beautiful, beautiful memory that Facebook threw us from eight years ago. Uh, but I've known those men for much, much longer than that. And, of course, um, I think any interview that I've done, Amy and I mention <laughs> each other because she is an extraordinarily important part of my life, both professionally and personally. Obviously, she's my best friend, but for a while, she was actually my direct report at Shop to the Drop, so she was my boss, and um, she really pushed my work so much further than I ever could have done myself. And so she's taught me so, so much, not just about life, um, but also about work. And, you know, obviously we've been in, in each other's weddings and um, we've seen each other have children and and also the same with so many of those other girls. I've seen them meet their husbands and, and have babies and, you know, all the things. So I couldn't agree more that we've had such a beautiful, supportive group and for anyone that was wondering whether that was a sort of a bitchy environment it definitely wasn't for me and I think that exactly what you said in terms of uh, looking on social I know recently you went back to Sydney and you've got a great picture of all the kids of all those of all those people that you've mentioned so it's the next generation of friendships are already forming oh, yes and yeah honestly I probably cried <laughs> a lot of that time it was just so wonderful to have made friends with women at a magazine like Cosmo, which was so much about empowering women, and to have made those amazing friendships and then to catch up with all of our little babies who are all the same age, it was really a very, very special thing. And, and I do talk about being grateful a lot because I very much am. And um, Bron actually commented on that photo because she was the one that hired all of us at that point. Aww. And I hope that she felt that that was pretty special too because she brought us all together. The final product on your list is your Holy Grail product, which is kind of two variations, either an eyelash curler or lash extensions. So tell me a bit about those. Now, I have very straight lashes. So when I wash my face, you basically can't see my lashes at all. And when I was younger, I just thought that that was, you know, the way that my, my life was going to be, these straight <laughs> lashes. And then I discovered an eyelash curler. And it probably might have been one like maybe Manicare. It would have been one I'd found at a chemist. And I couldn't believe the difference 
I, I'm, you know what? I'm actually going to take some photos of my eyes before and after and put them on Instagram because truly it is crazy the difference that curled lashes makes to me. And so then I just obviously became absolutely obsessed with my eyelash curler and to the point where I would get um, blisters on my thumb from curling that much. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But then probably it was around about the time that maybe I was the, edit- uh, the beauty editor at Dolly, Amy was the beauty editor at Shop to the Drop, and she said to me, oh, I'm, I'm trialling this thing called Lash Extensions. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it, and I'm, I'm guessing they'd probably just arrived in Australia not that long before because she'd often try things really, really early on in the piece. And they looked so amazing on her, and I thought, I absolutely have to try these. And I did, and honestly, I've probably had Lash Extensions on and off for I mean, 10 years at least, and I love them, but they are quite time-consuming in terms of going for the refills. So now that I've got a little baby, I can't do them at the moment, but I do them as much as I can, and I actually went into labour having my lash extensions done with my middle child, yeah, with Gade. I was lying on the bed and I felt this like wave of nausea and I said to the lady, oh, I'm just wondering how much longer we've got to go. And she said about 15 minutes and I was like, okay, I'll just keep going. And I didn't say anything, but um, yes, he was born <laughs> a handful of hours later. And you had perfect lashes, so it was I had win-win. perfect lashes for those Now, obviously, we've spoken a lot about significant moments in in your career and your personal life as well. When you kind of look back on what you've achieved, both both in your career and otherwise, what does kind of success mean to you? Oh, well, I think that success means having done your very best and whether or not that worked out, that's okay because you have to be okay within yourself that you really gave it a go you're never going to feel proud of yourself if you only gave half the effort but when you really really go for something regardless of the outcome you can hold your head high and think you know what I, I gave that a go and 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 be proud of yourself and I think that these days we probably don't stop and say to ourselves you know what I'm, I'm proud of I'm proud of myself for that and I think that we should we should think that more often because, you know, even little things, tiny little things that people do every day to push themselves out of their comfort zone or to, to try something that they haven't tried before, they should stop and say, yeah, I, I'm proud of myself for that. That's such great advice because I feel like we're always striving for the next thing and the next thing that we tend not to appreciate the present and all that we've achieved to try and get there. So I think that's really, really wise advice to take on. That's right. Before I ask you what some people say is the hardest question, which will be picking the one product from your eight (laughs) to take with you to the (laughs) island, I did want to quickly touch on your kind of relationship to beauty because obviously it's something that's been big in your personal life and your career. But whether your relationship to beauty has changed over the years, whether it's still something you draw for confidence or whether it's still a playful thing, what kind of, what is, where does your relationship with beauty stand now compared to previously? Oh, that's interesting. I think that it's definitely changed because when I uh, was working in an office five days a week and I had lots of products coming across my desk and I was playing, it was very playful. And 
I was much younger then and my skin was oh so fresh and plump <laughs> <laughs> and you probably don't rely on the products in the way that you do when you're older but having said that I don't use as much product now because I'm much more time poor but I've noticed that when I do use the products um, that I love so much I do draw a lot of confidence from them and I think it is amazing for people that feel so confident and empowered without makeup and sometimes I do especially you know fresh from the beach um, or facial or things like that but I did actually I was thinking about this the other day um, especially re my hair because I've just had a little baby uh, she's about four and a half months oh. I'm just getting back in the swing of you know doing my hair and wearing makeup again because for a while you just sort of have to give up on it and I cannot believe the difference that I feel having done that. So getting my hair done and actually and taking the time to quickly give it a curl, even when I'm tired and I think, oh, I can't really be bothered. When I do it, I look in the mirror and I think, oh, there I am. <laughs> it's the me that I remember, yeah. um, not the exhausted, tired me that I see in the mirror. And that certainly is not the case for everybody. But for me personally, uh, that really does give me a boost in my mood. And you know, when you're really tired and, and you've got little children and all those things, keeping your mood up is really important. Um, and so if that is the thing that gives you that, that boost, then I say go for it. Absolutely. We have spoken about the eight and a bit products that have special memories or meaning for you. And now I'm going to force you to pick just one to take with you to Beauty Island and as I, as I say, it doesn't have to be practical. Throw practicality out the window if you'd like. It's just the one that you'd like to keep you company while you're there. Which one will you be taking with you? It's so hard. And I know that we all take this so seriously when you get to this question. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I think it's going to have to be the eyelash curler because I won't need to curl my hair because it'll have the salt in it and I'll be swimming all the time because I'm on the, you know, on the island so I won't need fragrance. I think, but I will need to curl my lashes because when they get wet, they're so straight. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd, I'd go with the eyelash curler. And do you have a particular brand that you use now when it comes to eyelash curlers? Look, I do. I use the Utoa one, which is by the same family that does Shulamura, which is also an amazing curler. And it's funny that with eyelash curlers, they all look the same. So you think, how could they possibly curl differently? But I do think that those two are really incredible and, and they're the ones that I use the most. On a um, slightly different note, but related to eyelash curlers, one of my favourite stories I did when I was at Mamma Mia was I sent a picture of an eyelash curler to 10 different men in my life and asked them what they thought it was. And the responses, <laughs> I had like a table and chair. I had, are they like forceps or something? <laughs> and I think it was only one guy who has quite a beauty obsessed girlfriend that got it straight away. But Brilliant. it made me laugh so much. <laughs> Alexis, thank you so, so much for speaking with me today and sharing all your great advice and stories and, and beauty recommendations. There's a few here that I will be uh, taking from you as well. So thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Island with the brilliant Alexis Teasdale. I hope you enjoyed it, you learned something, and remember you can find all the details of where to find and follow Lex and the Festive Co, as well as all the products she spoke about today in the show notes of this episode. 
If you fancy chatting more beauty, you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast or my personal beauty account at Brittany Beauty BTS, or you can send me an email, beautyislandpodcast at gmail.com. If that wasn't enough, I also have a regular beauty newsletter, It's a Beauty, where you'll get reviews, recommendations, tips and tricks, and my beauty column delivered straight to your inbox each week. Thank you so much, and until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>